Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk and our limited series on cocktail modifiers. Alkademics.com defines a cocktail modifier as a cocktail ingredient, usually alcoholic and typically fortified wine or a liqueur, that both softens the base spirit and adds flavor to the drink. In this series, we'll talk to the experts, bar professionals, and regular folks like us to better understand what modifiers are and how to use them. Next up, Fee Brothers. My name is Jonathan Spaker, S-P-A-C-H-E-R. My title is CEO and co-owner. I own Fee Brothers Inc. uh, 50-50 with my brother, Ben Spaker. Thank you for joining us this morning. So I think everybody knows Fee Brothers um, as a brand, but I don't think a lot of people know about the company itself. So can you just share with us the history of Fee Brothers? Sure. Yeah. So um, Fee Brothers was started um, back in 1864. I've got the, I wish I could give you a tour of the museum here. I've got the original so <laughs> the original lease right on the wall um, that dates back to then. And it started out as James Fee and Company. And it was uh, just a little sandwich shop that he had with his mom, but quickly moved into making wine and whiskey. And um, made wine and whiskey through the first generation into the second generation when my um, my great-grandfather then took it over from uh, his father. And um, so John C. Fee II, during Prohibition, decided, okay, we need to get out of whiskey, but they started making a lot more wine. And they were making wine for uh, sacramental wine. And uh, as you could only imagine, um, orders for sacramental wine spiked heavily uh, <laughs> during Prohibition. And I don't think it was the priests who were drinking it all, but who am I? Um, we also would go into people's homes because it was legal then as it is now to make up to 200 gallons of wine or beer. We would go into people's homes to make wine. And then we'd go back to bottle it for them. So we still have the record book of oh, all wow. the people around Rochester uh, that Fee Brothers made wine for during that time. Um, another piece that's very interesting during Prohibition was we had, and I'm looking at the label right now, it's called Bruin, it's a bear, meaning it's a beer, but it's it was code, if you will. And on the back of the bottle, it would say, do not put in this much yeast or else you will make a an illegal substance, basically explaining to people how to make their own beer. But during <laughs> that time, uh, people would come to my great-grandfather and say, I have this awful tasting liquor that I whipped up in my bathtub. Um, what What can I do to make it taste better? And so he would put, he'd say, well, put in a little bit of this and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And off you went until he got to the point where he said, I'm going to put this together and sell it as a drink mix. And that really was what started who Fee Brothers has become today. Unfortunately, he unexpectedly passed away and his recipes were written in such severe code that neither uh, my grandfather nor uh, my great-grandmother could decipher uh, their father or husband's code. Hmm. Now, at the time, my grandfather had come back from war in the Pacific, and uh, he was a chemist, and he was working at Kodak. 
So he would work at his Kodak job by day and then with his father no longer here, come back to the factory at night and help his mother keep the, the products moving. He tried to crack the code. He was able to get five out of 30 of them, um, but he couldn't figure out the, the rest and had to re-engineer the products. And then over time, now he being the third generation, had to reinvent products and invent new products until the fourth generation, who are my aunt and uncle, brother and sister, my mother's siblings, uh, came into the business and my aunt started to invent even more products. She had a great knack for that sort of thing. And so over the years that I've been aware of Fee Brothers, um, there have been some products that have been sunset and there have been some other products uh, that have been recreated. Our most recently uh, was our toasted almond uh, that was a few years ago. So that's the short version that brings us up to uh, today. Well, wow, that's nice. pretty cool. So back in those days, and maybe still today, I don't know, Rochester, there was a lot of money there. So business must have been pretty good for the company and making wine for the for the wealthy, I imagine, right? I, I believe so. Um, I would love to have, we have pictures around of the workers in the basement where the, the um, wine casks and uh, whiskey barrels were. And it seems like a significant number of people worked there. Significant for us. I mean, we have 30 people working here now. I could imagine at one point in time, Fee Brothers had 30 people or maybe more working for them. I, I wish I had the time to go back and see the ebb and flow of uh, how many employees we've had over our 158 years. Hmm. That's incredible. Uh, having a business that's been around for 158 years. That's just amazing. So you no longer make wine. Is that correct? We no longer make anything alcoholic. In fact, my great grandfather, right before he passed, the story goes that he wanted to get out of all alcohol altogether and just move into these drink mixes. And um, after he passed, my great grandmother wanting to fulfill his wish um, called up whoever it was at the time, I'll call him the liquor control board, and said, hey, uh, we're out. We want to be done. And they showed up the next day and cracked open all the wine casks and sent all the wine down the Genesee River, to which she thought, shoot, I should have bottled it first, sold it, <laughs> and then and called then stopped. <laughs> but apparently, um, once, once uh, she pulled the trigger on... Uh, reaching out to them, there was no turning back. So nothing we have is alcoholic. Now, there's some misconceptions uh, around bitters. And if I may, I'd love to clear those up and, and use your show to do so. Um, people will ask, are your bitters alcoholic? Yes and no. There are bitters out there. Most are made with spirits as a base. Ours are not. Ours have vegetable glycerin as the base. There are no spirits in our bitters. However, there is in the flavorings that we use um, to create the bitters, there's alcohol essence. It's the exact same thing that is in vanilla extract in the spice section of your grocery store. 
So some people say, well, then therefore you're alcoholic. You have alcoholic bitters. Well, okay. I guess it depends on your definition. If you would, if you would say putting two drops of vanilla extract in a glass of ginger ale makes an alcoholic drink, well, then yes, um, <laughs> that is an alcoholic drink. But if you say, wait a second, there's no spirits in your bitters, and the ABV due to the alcohol essence and the flavoring, it, it ranges anywhere from 2% to 36% in our bitters. But if you're only using two or three drops in a glass, you still have less than 0.5%. Um, I personally still deem it an, a non-alcoholic drink, but I respect those that say I don't want, if I'm making a non-alcoholic drink, I don't want any alcohol in but it's those flavorings with that alcohol essence. So that's one thing that um, we're, we would like to get a frequently asked questions page up on our website to uh, explain that succinctly. What, what is your uh, bread and butter product? Is it the bitters or is it the rose water? What? Yeah. So there are a few things happening. Um, about 70% of our revenue comes from our bidders. And um, that happened, oh, gee, it was, I forgot exactly how many years ago, somewhere 10-ish years ago, 10 to 15 years ago, maybe. Um, a major supplier of bidders in the world, um, I don't know if it was, they were having supply chain issues, but something happened. And um, most folks could no longer get their bidders and they looked to see who was number two. And at the time it, it was Fee Brothers, I would believe. And we just started exploding around the world. That and uh, the travels of my late uncle to help get the name out there. So bidders have really taken off and continue to be our biggest seller. But we also have our six botanical waters. Um, and sales grow every single month with our botanical waters. Now, those are more for the aroma than necessarily for the taste. When you when you lift something to your face, what you're smelling becomes part of the taste. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's why it's doing well. And bitters and our botanical waters are also being purchased by people who bake and cook. And we're finding it in more recipes. So that's very interesting to us. The product that is taking off the most, it's up over 7,000% in the last four years, is fee foam, which if you know of a Pisco Sour, you use an egg white to put in. This fee foam is the alternative to that as opposed to the aquafaba. And um, it's just in a little five-ounce bottle, just like the bitters, and you only need four or five drops and the frothy head that comes out of it really stays on top of the glass. So it's, um, it's just amazing how much that's taking off. We are sending our third shipment of it to Europe uh, in a couple of months. And this shipment now will be a full 40 foot container just of fee foam, which is mind blowing wow. to me. But um, we count ourselves very fortunate. And then, of course, we have our mixes, which, um, you know, daiquiri, margarita, pina colada, whiskey sour. Sales of that just remain very steady and, and strong. 
um, as well as our coffee flavorings and flavored syrups. We've been finding people have been using the flavored syrups for flavored simple syrup. For example, we have a bar here in Rochester that uses our sarsaparilla syrup as their simple syrup. So it's a, a basically a root beer flavored simple syrup that they use to make a very unique drink. And then when you start thinking about that and see how many flavors we have of the syrups, your mind can go to a, a trillion places. Wow, that's, that's awesome. So I think when people think bitters, they think they're used in cocktails only. But um, I know my favorite Feed Brothers is the cherry bitters, the cherry and the orange, actually. But I like just a little club soda with some dashes of that in it just to give it some nice flavoring. Um, yep. Yep. And it's supposed to be uh, good for your stomach, right? Uh, th that's what people claim. I've never... Um... I've never gotten a bad stomach off of bitters. So, uh, but we've had, it's been really flattering and humbling, honestly. Uh, some of the emails that we get, uh, we had a, a gentleman who emailed us that he is a hiker and that he'll carry a water pouch. And that what he'll do is he'll put in water and just a couple dashes of lemon bitters. Mm. And that's what he likes to drink when he goes hiking. So more and more, it's interesting the uses that we hear uh, people have for them. Yeah. Because it's, it's cool. like having a uh, spice rack for your beverage. And that's what my Uncle Joe always said is, he'd say, uh, we are your spice rack behind the bar. And, um, you know, we've got all these different flavors of all these different things, but at the same point in time, we do have sweetened lime juice. We have two different grenadines. We have simple syrup unflavored. Um, so we have the basic bar essentials as well. Um, so it's fun. Yeah. Could you tell me the name of the, um, the egg white substitute again? What's it called? It's called fee foam. Fee foam. Okay. So we yep. had a version of that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a huge egg white cocktail fan. Okay. And we had that and it's really wonderful. You cannot tell the difference between the fee foam and the, uh, the egg white. I appreciate but, you saying that. But I can, I can totally see why people would prefer to use that over egg whites because they're non-perishable, right? Your uh, right. Foam. Yeah, there, there are purists out there, and I completely respect the the decision that they um, have to use egg whites. There's enough room for all options. Sure, um, but I th I think of the amount of time you're going to save by having a bottle with a couple of drops instead of cracking an egg and separating it, and making sure that a shell doesn't get in there, and mm -hmm. all the the mess uh, that you don't have to worry about, and the shelf life of the eggs and pulling it in and out of a refrigerator and so on and so forth. And so I think, you know, for myself, what would I do? Well, I think I'd use fee foam for everything, but um, I, I could understand if you've got a very boutique bar where you take your time to make a drink naturally but in a bar that you're doing volumes of unique drinks, some that could require egg whites, it just makes sense to me to use FIFA. Yeah. And then mm -hmm. in the busy craft cocktail bars, they're trying to have less touches, you know? 
So I think that would be super important for them. Time is money. That's mm-hmm. right. Exactly. How long has that product been on the market now? So this is a label from the late 1800s. Oh, wow. Brothers Foam Solution. Holy oh, wow. Cow. So it's not a new product. That's so insane. Yeah. So we have, we have a rack of old labels, um, old wine that we used to make. Um, and it goes back to the, to the late 1800s, just incredible. But, uh, when you asked, I had to show this to you. So, wow. It's been around a while, but it was, I think 2017, we made 50 gallons of fee foam for the whole year. This year, we are going to be making 11,000 gallons. Oh, my God. And think about 11,000 gallons in five-ounce bottles. I mean, it's a significant amount, certainly a significant increase for us. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite bitter? I've got a couple. <laughs> I would say um, just our regular aromatic bitters. Uh, I'm sure most of the folks who listen to your program have probably done this and understand this greatly, but um, I had such an aha moment. And unfortunately it wasn't too many years ago when I made myself an old fashioned and I took a sip of it without the bitters. And then I put in two dashes of bitters and said, Oh, that's what that does. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that really was the first moment that I started thinking more in a more complex way of what Fee Brothers is contributing um, to the industry. That was long before I ever thought of coming here even, Um, but here we are. So I I really like that. I like our orange bitters. Those are our two best sellers. The next two I'd say would be our black walnut bitters. I just Mm -hmm. love. Uh, Sometimes I'll just take a little bourbon and, ice and put in a couple dashes of black walnut bitters and that's all I need. And then uh, Aztec chocolate. I really like our Aztec chocolate bitters. I agree. There's a um, local, um, a local bar and restaurant here that came up with a chocolate and vanilla old fashioned. So they'll use vanilla, uh, French vanilla, simple syrup and Aztec chocolate bitters. Mm-hmm. And then they'll they'll put in you know the the orange uh, peel and the, the cherry, and it's delicious. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what I'm talking about when I say our our syrups. People are starting to use them as the flavored uh, simple syrups. Just really neat things that that are happening. How do your bitters get their flavor? Is it natural flavors or what do you use? Anytime we can use natural flavorings. Uh, we like to. There are a couple of times where we will use a little bit of artificial flavoring just to kick the flavor up over the top uh, where we'd like it to be. So that does exist. Um, But anytime we'd rather err on the side of using as many natural flavors as we can, but we're not, um, we're not here cooking up roots and, and leaves and things like that. We go to um, the major flavor companies who do the, the um, flavor extraction 
the witch's brew, if you will. And, um, and then they send us um, standardized flavors that have passed quality inspections and everything like that, um, which actually brings me to an interesting point. One of the things that we're working on right now, um, we just were certified as kosher for all of our uh, products besides olive brine and sweet tart and lime bitters. There's one ingredient in lime bitters that is not kosher. So we're working to, to switch that so that we can um, have that certified as kosher. But all other products that we have uh, are certified as kosher and we're uh, working towards being certified as gluten-free and vegan as well. Um, all of our products are gluten-free um, and all of our products, but five are vegan. And it's because there's a little bit of uh, dairy in them. So those are things that we're working on. We know that it's important to customers. And so we're, we're listening. Wow. So you have a pretty robust research and development department or. We do. And his name is Justin. <laughs> he is very he is very robust <laughs> so That's after awesome. 157 years of being in business we hired our first food scientist uh last year and uh he just amazes us every day and uh he and randy's on his team randy uh, has been a longtime uh, batch maker at uh, Fee Brothers, and the two of them really tackle all of this as a team and just do a tremendous job. But uh, having a, a master's degree food scientist from Cornell uh, certainly opens your eyes to a great many things, and every day we just keep getting better and better. Oh, I bet. That's awesome. Yeah, very cool. <laughs> this has been fascinating. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about Feed Brothers? I think the, the first thing that comes to mind is just we are incredibly humbled and flattered by what has been happening. Our sales have doubled in the last two years and we don't have any salespeople. We don't do any marketing. Um, so my my cousin called me up and said, you guys are doing great on Instagram. And I said, I don't have Instagram. <laughs> he, said, he said, well, whoever's doing your Instagram is doing a great job. Well, nobody is. So <laughs> I, I had my son help me download Instagram. And <laughs> looking at hashtag Fee Brothers, hashtag Fee Bros, hashtag Fee Bros Peru uh, was one. The tons of pictures. Fee Brothers Peru has its own uh, hashtag. I it's just a very humbling thing what is happening around the world. And not only do our sales continue to grow domestically, but also internationally. And um, we're just lucky to be here. We're going to um, continue to try not to break anything and continue to get good products out. Um, we are going to be taking a look at our SKUs. We're, we will be performing some more SKU rationalization. There are some products that folks just don't use. Let's stop making them. And um, then when we can hunker down to a good number of SKUs, get back to inventing good things and listening to the marketplace as to what people want. We are 
almost on the verge, uh, literally a couple of weeks away from relaunching our olive brine. That was one thing that COVID hit us with, with supply chain. We finally have been able to get some good olive brine and develop a good process for it. And so we're excited to relaunch that. And we're not too far away, although it's going to be a little bit longer, of um, relaunching our pickle brine, our zesty dill pickle brine as well. So um, there are good things that are happening, and we're humbled by the, the success. We hung up, we're three months backlogged on filling orders, even though we have more than doubled our production. And I finally hung up signs around our office saying, we don't have a production problem, we have a demand problem. And uh, <laughs> it, it has, it's just been a wild ride. So I thank you to all of the, the folks out there that um, continue to ask for Fee Brothers. And thanks to you guys as well. I was very flattered to you know, hear from you and uh, hear that we would be important enough to be on your show. So thank you. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Can't have a good old fashioned without Fee Brothers. That's for sure. Mm-mm. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you. This has been very interesting. We really appreciate you taking the time, John. Thank you, guys. Uh, Hope to stay in touch for a long time to come. And if you're ever in Rochester, I'd love to give you the the full tour of this museum. Absolutely. We'll we'll let you know. All right. Cheers. Thanks. And now we will hear from a bartending professional about how they use Fee Brothers. Chris Merrick from Light of Seven Matchsticks. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. And so tell us, Chris, how do you use Fee Brothers, Bitters, and other products in your cocktails at Lida 7 Matchsticks? Um, so we use the bitters a lot. And I think one of the best parts of the bitters is that they're non-alcoholic. I believe they're glycerin-based. And so they're one of the main uses that we actually use them in is non-alcoholic cocktails, uh, zero-proof cocktails, what have you. Um, Specifically, they have a whiskey barrel-aged bitters that we use in our old-fashioned that adds a lot of flavor that I think you wouldn't get from some of the zero-proof whiskeys and whatnot that are out there. Their black walnut bitters are super great as kind of a substitute for Nochino, which is a black walnut liqueur. Nochino can get a little pricey pretty quick, uh, and so using the bitters that are uh, quite a bit cheaper than a bottle and last a lot longer uh, is a great way to still kind of get that black walnut flavor in them and, and use that. Really like the Aztec chocolate bitters. They're like a spiced chocolate. Same thing. I'll kind of like throw them in a Manhattan or an old fashioned instead of the typical Angostura. And it's kind of like a different flavor. It's nice to mix things up like that. In the past, I've used the cranberry bitters. I've used toasted almond bitters. I've used lemon. I've used their cardamom bitters. Kind of a kind of a Fee Brothers fanboy over here as far as like having almost all the flavors of bitters. Uh, but they they do a really great job. They're normally pretty spot on as far as being the flavor that they say they're supposed to be. Yeah, we agree. We love them also. What does bitters, in a, what does it do to a cocktail? Um, so I would describe it almost like spices or seasoning in cooking. You know, you can get all your flavor from your whiskey and like maybe you're making uh, some sort of flavored syrup that's in that and that'll add some pretty standard like run of the mill flavors. But if you just have like raspberries on their own, they're great. But if you have some sort of spiced raspberry dish, uh, all of a sudden, you get these much more complex flavors, and bitters generally have uh, a lot of nuances and complexities to them, and it's really just kind of spicing up your cocktail to add more interesting, complex flavor notes into it. When you're building a cocktail, 
how much of the bitters do you use? How do you know how much to use? Uh, so generally, uh, I know the Fee Brothers, I, I think all the Fee Brothers have it, uh, but a, the, a bottle will have a da- what's called a dasher on top of it, which is basically like a tiny hole that when you turn it upside down and shake it, it'll let out what we refer to as a dash. You'll generally use one or two of those dashes. Uh, so in addition to like that, because they are a hyper-concentrated uh, solution of that said flavor um so you really only need a dash or two two is actually normally too much and uh while using bitters you can kind of really quickly overpower a lot of the other flavors that you had in your drink if you're using you know two three four dashes of bitters all you're going to taste is the flavor of bitters which is if that's what you're going for if you like the bitters a lot like great but uh if if you don't and you wanted to kind of have some more of those complexities you probably lost them a bit do you ever use any of the other fee brothers products uh yes actually i i i googled it right before this uh interview they make brine uh which as far as like normal olive brine i don't think you really need to go out and buy a bottled one but they also have a zesty deli dill pickle brine which just sounds phenomenal like i want to try that so bad i want to (laughs) try i hate dirty martinis but i'm down if they taste like zesty deli dill pickle brine Um, (laughs) so that sounds really cool and then actually uh the thing i do use a lot is some of their botanical waters okay Uh, so the botanical waters are really great uh specifically i've used the jasmine the orange flower water and the rose water ones how do you use those in a cocktail? So similar things. They, uh, they have a dasher top on top. Um, and same thing. They're generally pretty concentrated, pretty uh, flavorful. So you only really want a dash or two. These ones, you can probably go two or three dashes and not necessarily go over the top. Orange flower water is, is actually famous for being in a Ramos gin fizz, uh, the bane of bartenders' existences. But they're really not that bad. But it, uh, it, it's which is a, a classic cocktail that has is supposed to be shaken for 23 minutes long so you can get this rising column of foam. Uh, but they notoriously have the orange flower water. Uh, Speaking of them. foam, have you ever used their fee foam? Yes, actually. Uh, we used it recently. It works pretty well. You know, it's really hard to replicate that egg white style foam on top, but we, we used uh-huh. it in a cocktail uh, a few weeks ago and it, it came out pretty well. Great. Uh, our, our only qualm was we sold so much of that cocktail that uh, we went through the bottle in like a few days. Yeah. Oh, and the great part about the botanicals, uh, botanical waters is like orange flower water, especially is kind of hard as a thing to make because sourcing orange flowers uh, is difficult, uh, at least the no. fresh ones so that you can get that like fresh flavor. So that like the botanical waters, especially it's nice to just be able to buy them. Then you don't have to source your fresh jasmine and make it yourself. Like they're great products as far as the, like, yeah, they have like an elderflower one too, and a lavender, um, and a hibiscus. I, I I'm like I want to try those too. We should uh, we'll probably pick those up soon at Matchsticks too, just to try them out. Awesome. So given that you only use a couple of dashes for each cocktail, how long does a bottle of bitters last, and how does do you just keep it on the shelf, or do you have to refrigerate it, or what? Uh, you shouldn't have to refrigerate them. Uh, if you're, you know, if you're purchasing them, they should have some sort of, uh, what's the word preservatives in them so that they should be fine to just keep on your shelves. Uh, especially for home use, a bit like a bottle of bitters will generally last you a lifetime. Um, it's kind of like a one purchase and done. And especially at like, I think normally they're like eight or $9 for a bottle. 
10, 11, I don't know what the price is, but they're, they're cheaper than a bottle of booze. Uh, and, uh, they can really like enhance your flavors and give you a lot more options as far as flavor options, whether it's bartending at home, bartending in a bar. Uh, so the ones we use, will generally have like in our cocktail well in front of us. Uh, and then we keep all of them on like a, like two tiered shelf behind us at the bar. Um, so that they're always readily available. If someone's ordering something off menu and it's like, you know, you're playing around with something like, what could this use? Oh, grapefruit. I don't have grapefruit ready. Um, or I don't have toasted almond syrup ready, but I have these bitters right here that are already here. I can throw a dash of that in and, uh, that's nice. Cause then you don't have to keep up on like fresh syrups all the time for every flavor of the world. Um, you can just kind of grab a bitters, which will last forever and you only need a little bit. So then if bitters are bitter and you're, um, substituting it for a simple syrup, does that mean you have to add a sweetener? Yeah. Yeah. So cocktails should always have some sort of sugar in them. Uh, whether that's a very sugary liqueur or simple syrup, uh, you can kind of balance that out based on what you're doing. Um, but frequently while I'm doing like off menu stuff, I've made a cocktail up and I'll, I'll either strain it and take a sip or I'll be strawing it, uh, which is where you stick a straw in and put your thumb over and take a little sip. That way you're not sipping someone else's cocktail before you send it to them. Um, and I'll be like, oh my God, that's terrible. And then I'll like pause and be like, I put no sugar in this drink. Uh, <laughs> sugar, but well, yes, you shouldn't consume tons and tons of sugar. And there's such things as drinks being too sweet. Uh, thank, thank you, 80s and 90s cocktails. You do need it to bring out other flavors and almost like dilute down some of uh, the proof or burn of alcohol and, and bring out other flavors. Uh, sugar is an important element to that. All right. Well, Chris Merrick with Light of Seven Matchsticks, thank you so much for that insight on Feed Brothers, Bitters, and other products. Cheers. Of course. Thank Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. And now we'll hear from the home bartender, the non-professional average Joe, someone who you might recognize, actually. Sir, would you mind introducing yourself? You know me. <laughs> Our listeners don't know who you are. They will like I already introduced the thing and I've been on the podcast that whole time. Could you please just tell us your name? Blair. Co-host of this show. Um, and Blair, you have what you feel is a special connection to Fee Brothers other than the fact that you love their products. So tell us about that. Well, Fee Brothers is from my hometown. Which is? Rochester, New York. All right. Um, but what, what do you like most about Fee Brothers products? So a couple of things. Uh, most importantly, I love that they have so much variety of flavors. So they're, they've got the classic bitters, um, old-fashioned bitters, orange, cherry, mint. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. They've, they've got so many types of flavors that they're, they've bottled for us. I love that. And what would you say you use Fee Brothers bitters in most? Like what cocktail? Well, Since you make all the cocktails in our house, so. Yeah. Well, I uh, definitely have used the old-fashioned bitters and the barrel-aged old-fashioned bitters in both Old Fashions and Manhattans. Uh, I love using the orange bitters in... Our martinis, too. Mm, yeah, that really gives it that special little something, doesn't it? Yeah, just a little extra zest. All right. 
I did not know that they make this fee foam, and I'm anxious to try using that. That's probably the the big takeaway from talking with John earlier. All right, and there you have it. So get yourself some Feed Brothers bitters. You can get just about any flavor you're looking for, and it will definitely enhance your cocktail. Yes. Cheers. Cheers. Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates, women in whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise, And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers. Cheers.